Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick, from Pull String Press for this great studio. Good morning, Patrick. Mark, I'm going to do that to you every week from now on. Are you? Yeah, there was a beautiful moment, listener, where Mark realized he didn't have his ad read in front of him, and he had to he had to quickly shuffle and find it, and it was perfect. Well, remember our last show, you you threatened to, to pull it. Apparently, I subliminally planted in you that yes. you should not get your your intro out. I know. So that was I was you, you're such a pro. And I thank you. I wanna um, also just props to you, my friend. Uh, if for those of you listening to the show and it's between uh april and june of 2018 come to state well people might listen to this in the far into the future well then they can just check the website oh there you go um there's a thing in santa barbara called state of the art and it's uh art public art sculptures on state street and uh, our esteemed co-host has two pieces. Yeah. Both, both you bookend, right? You're the beginning and the end, or the end and the beginning. I'm y- yes. And I'm going to put pictures of that. We'll do a special episode. Oh, fun! Yes. So congratulations. Oh, thanks. I got lucky. Yeah, you did. I'd love you to meet. We're going to get lucky in the next uh, 45 minutes. I'd like you to meet our guest, uh, Jen Berger, who uh, has done a ton of different things. She's with Compass, Compass Realty, Compass Real Estate, or just. Compass. Just Compass. Just Compass. It was Urban Compass. It was Urban Compass. That's yeah. cool. And then they were based out of New York. Um, Robert Refkin started it as a project, I believe, to help um, organize the rental situation in New York. Yep. And it blew up. Like, they don't have an MLS out there, which I had no idea. To, 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 so our listener so. who doesn't know what, like, in Finland, sure. we have listeners in Finland. Oh, hi, Finland. <laughs> yes, thank you. Major, uh, Major League Soccer, I assume. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what is MLS? That stands for Multiple Listing Service. Which and is? It's a database, basically, of the homes that are available for sale. So we actually have in Santa Barbara one of the best natural multiple listing services um, in other words, it was you know generated through technology that was needed. Um, in New York, they didn't have that. They basically it was I don't know like the Wild West as opposed to you know nothing was organized. You would find New out New York real estate not organized. Yeah, huh, I, okay. I had no idea. Okay, and maybe I've got this wrong, but this is what was explained to me because when Robert came in and explained, you know, they developed this tool called Collections. The idea was to organize it. So they started with rentals, and then people said, could you do this for sales? And then that was wow. it. Do they have a different vibe that makes them – I mean, there's like it's a billion real estate firms. Like, what is it about them that attracted you? Um, well, let's see. I definitely went through a transition period probably about five years ago. And I was noticing that after the collapse, you know, the real estate collapse, real estate had completely become only about money. And it was just really, I mean, it was kind of sad for me because I had gotten into real estate because of my grandfather and the effect that he had had on people. 
And because he was he was a real estate agent. He was. Sorry, I'm a third generation real estate agent. So my grandfather was one for a small town um, in Chowchilla. I don't know if you know where that is. That's yes, but I've I've only ever heard it referred to as Chilchilla. Oh yes, no, it's Chowchilla, and it's famous for the bus kidnapping where they buried the kid. No, nobody knows. Yes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah they no, buried no, no, the no. kids under the bus. Yes, and under the ground. And um, then my mom became one per the encouragement of my grandfather, and she killed it. She just, she really had a great career. She's still even, she has a couple of celebrities that she still works for, so that's fun. And then um, I got into it reluctantly. I did not want to do real estate because you work on the weekends. And Mm -hmm. that was, I didn't want to do it, but I did my first sale, and I definitely had this magic moment where this poor couple had been trying to get a house on the Mesa, and they just had no luck, and we basically beat out multiple offer situation, and they had this romantic pickup. He picked her up, and he twirled her around and said, this is our home, and I was like, oh, shoot, that's really cool. That's I why you do what you're yeah, doing. Okay. I want to do that. But wait a minute. Expert. Okay. Yes. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that they weren't succeeding at? What were they missing? Because it wasn't, it wasn't just that there weren't, they didn't know, was it that they just didn't know where the houses were that were for sale? No. So at that point, I want to say it's 04. Um, the Mesa, when I started real estate was, you could get a home in there between the three and 400,000. Sure. Yeah. Um, by the time they were looking, I think single family homes were in the seven or 800 K. So multiple offers were happening. Um, all cash buyers had walked in Mm. and Mm. they were just, you know, they could give you a five day contingency period, which means they only needed five days to inspect the home or something like that and basically get your money within seven days. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Over asking. So it's hard to be a young couple and compete with that. Right. And basically, by good graces, we were able to get in and squeak them in. And so. But but even that, like, I got to imagine that it was because they finally had some representation and they finally had somebody who was. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the area that I was working at that time. And I mean, I still, I work all the way from, actually from LA all the way through to Buellton. But, um, yeah, that was, it was basically a little bit of luck yeah. and a little bit of pretty please. I'm a really nice person. Let's work with us. I think, well, again, I, I, I don't mean to challenge you too much on it, but yeah. I, don't, I don't want to discount your efforts. I think that you have language and you understand how to like, how to, because um, I mean, that's because I'm listening to you and I'm, th- I'm thinking like you are being, you're being awfully like humble. I think that having you in the mix was, was the difference. I think having you be their agent is what, is what ended up getting them the home. Oh, thanks. Um, thank you. Okay. Okay, you'll <laughs> okay. take that. So I, just, I insist that you take my compliment. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm curious as a you know third generation realtor. When I, uh, so you were around that, but you were reluctantly got into it. I know that it feels like a lot of people in in Santa Barbara. There's lots of homes. There's lots of money. You only need to do one deal, and you know you can eat off that table for a year. It feels like. Mm, I highly disagree with that. Okay, yeah, but yeah, as sorry. a civilian, as a <laughs> yeah, civilian yeah, yeah, that's outsider, what most people think. Yes, no, yes. exactly. That's right. my yeah. point. So I think that it attracts people who, as a, do realty as a side hustle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Um, it pains. It's like my biggest pet peeve. Is really? the side oh. hustle people? Oh, yeah. I mean, because I'm all in on this. It's This is what I do seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I'm, I'm on my phone. It's really, I mean, like, I have to be offline right now for a, an hour. And I, I know guarantee. you're jonesing. 
well, yeah, I guarantee you like 10 people will have texted me, what's the status on this or whatever. Um, I probably have never been on a vacation in 20 years. Hmm. Um, On my honeymoon, did a deal. (laughs) When I, yeah, in my favorite story is I'm in labor with my first child and my husband looks at me and goes, can you put down the phone? You're about to have a baby. Like, I'm like, I'm about to close on this. And he's like, you're about to close on this. <laughs> and, I'm like, and so I was like, I mean, it's been definitely a reality check. And that's one of the things how I met you and your wife is through CrossFit. It definitely um, helped me reprioritize things and, hmm. you know, change that and kind of put some ba- like boundaries up for people. Um, but you still have to be on call. I would say I'm just as on call as a doctor or, you know. Why, and what, what has created that in the real estate industry, that that's the case? Like, why is there such pressure going on, do you think? Uh, I think technology has enabled people in general to access people all the time. And always on. Always, always on. on. Always on. But that means it's always for sale, too, right? The, right. Like, like that, that ha- once, you, once there's a listing up. It's just nonstop. And you yeah. can put a listing on at midnight at yeah. Sunday. And, and you'll sell it by daybreak? And you could, that could be, there could theoretically happen. Yeah. Is it fair to say that the import that someone puts on buying a home is as big as anything else they do in their life? So it's like the most important thing to them, and it needs to be the most important thing to you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that is hitting the nail on the head. Absolutely. I mean... Think about it. Most people save all of their life to buy their home. And this is, I mean, I could go down a huge road. I think it's absolutely insane that real estate agents aren't regulated more. Hmm. Um, You really, I mean. This is back to the side hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, this is that whole thing of, you know, the mailman, no offense to mail people, but it's like the mailman was doing real estate in 2006 and sell, you know, and doing his full day job. And so he would walk in or he or she or whatever. People were just doing this as a side hustle and then unaware of the market. And then you get you bunch in there appraisers and lenders and deregulation. And they were part of the perfect storm. Oh, my gosh. It was really tough. And I get it. I don't want to, you know, sometimes maybe that one or two things help put food on someone's table. So I don't want to take that away. But um, if you get someone in there who doesn't know values, you can skew the problem. I mean, it. It becomes an issue. So this is interesting because we just posted John Silva's show. John is from Dupuy Group down in Ventura. And we talked about marketing and connecting brand values. So when you said they don't understand values, do you mean the values of the interpersonal relationship as opposed to the value of the home? Both. So he suggests that we buy values, not value. Got it. That's absolutely true. I mean, you want to be representing, well, I, if personally, I think it's interesting landscape to see what's going on with the online industry. And you've got two schools of thought on that, which is I can pick up an agent online without knowing who they are and give them my social security number and my life (laughs) savings and allow them to represent me. Or you can go to, which I prefer, I met a real estate agent. We already did a transaction with her or him. She was fantastic. Try her out. It's a relationship, not a transaction. Correct. Right. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, 
I'm surprised more and more. I think this generation that's emerging uh, has yet to maybe identify that that value system when it comes to um, everything along the lines, right? Like you're you're having uh, your barber, your hairstylist that you're going to. There's a reason you go back to them over yeah. and over, right. and they start to learn you, learn your yeah. calyx. They yeah. know what yeah. part of your head. And I think uh, <laughs> you know, imagining somebody yes. um, placing you in your home. It just doesn't seem like it's it's something that you would want somebody who doesn't kind of get your own right. particular quirks because I, I can't imagine them. You know, when you hire an agent, and correct me here if I'm wrong, but like you're when somebody says like, oh, have my people check it out. You're my people then. Right. Yeah. Like you're the you're my my advocate, my defender, my my investigator. You're I'm my your therapist. Yeah. Right. I oh, am. Really? your Oh, my. Let me tell you. Tell me I, a story, I, but hold the names. Talk? <laughs> okay, Let's so, talk, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Here's the thing. Um, oh, I will, okay, I'll tell you uh, one that really hit home. Divorce and death are two of the hardest ones for me. Mm, sure. um, when I walk in for divorce, I mean, I feel like I, it's, I've done reading on it. I've done a lot of questions. Actually, one of my favorite things to do when I was working for this guy on the Mesa would be to ask the older clients what, what made their marriage work. Oh, and, interesting. Oh. And I, you know, because they had been married 50 years and lived in this home forever and et cetera. And I know I'm totally veering it's off right. to the right keep side. Keep going. A little side trip. But they would say, um, we found a common hobby. And no matter what, every week we made a date night. That was the same repeated answer every single thing. And after you hear it like 50, 60, 75 mm -hmm. times, you're like, oh. Right. Yeah. So if you're looking at that and then you're coming into divorce, you already know what's going on. These people have already grown apart. And I think the toughest one was where I kind of had not quite domestic violence, but definitely verbal violence. Mm -hmm. And I had to text my client every night to make sure she was okay. Oh, and she would have to sleep in another room with her kids. And I would just ask her, are you okay? Are you safe? Until that transaction was over. And I did not sleep for 30 days. Mm -hmm. wow. It was really, I mean, we priced it so it would sell, move quickly. We had to convince the other party that I was not out to get them. It was a constant battle. And I think that was one that really took toll and I had to why, really. Why did you stick with it? I mean, I, there's, there's like, there's the obvious altruisms of like, you know, that there was, there was clearly a victim in this situation and they needed the support and advocacy. But, but like, that's a huge commitment to you for a, what ostensibly is a commercial react, a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, like you, why did you stay? What, what was keeping you there as a, so I think there are two reasons people get into this business, and one is the money or the people. And if you're in this for the people, you, you can't help but be there for the people, right? right? So that's, and that's what I wanted when I was at my grandfather's funeral and I saw all the things that people had said about him. I was like, that's legacy. Like, that's what I want to do with my mm. life. I want to be able mm. to impact. And my, my dad helped me coin this phrase, and it, I used it in his eulogy. Um, it's called you know, significant contribution. And every day since, you know, I've been 16 and I got my first job at The Gap, mm. um, I've used that word significant contribution, you know, to get, to basically make that precedence that I want to make a difference wherever I'm at. Because it's not enough just to like, making the transaction is one no, thing. No, I mean, okay, so, you know, you're walking into people's, let's say on the list side, which is when you're selling a property. Um, when you're going in to, to sell a property, you're giving me the keys to your home. 
the keys to your home, okay? The um, access to all your stuff, you know what I mean? Like I have, I'm gonna be inside your home by myself. Um, you're also telling me your feelings, the things that are going on in your life. I'm looking at your financials. I mean, I, the list goes on, you know, plus it's like with death and divorce, you know, someone's dying, that's really hard on me. Like I, you know, I'm trying hold to- it, Hold it, hold it, back up. Yeah. They're dying and you are, you're already working on how to resolve this and they're not dead yet. Yeah, the transition Ouch. stuff. What is this gonna look like? We gotta get the max amount of money for my house so that my family can survive. That's the wow. ones where I'm oh like, gosh. I can't, like the boundaries are really hard. And um, sometimes I have to turn them down or, or kind of walk away because it's too, it's just too intense. Well, like what you're saying about the previous story, like you're not gonna sleep for 30 days and there's a certain amount of self-preservation that has to kick in, right? Yeah. Well, and it's not, be, so it's not because of me, it's really because of what I saw, how it impacts my family. Oh. And I have mm. two boys, which of them is going to become the real estate agent, do you think? Mm, I am. That's uh, it's. See, now you're going to look yeah. at it with that thought. Like, so huh, it's for which sure. One's got the better handshake? <laughs> it's for sure Calvin, if he wants to even do that, the yeah. littlest one. Um, but yeah, because I think that first one's taking after his father and following in the engineer stuff. Is Calvin already doing showings of his room occasionally? Oh, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> so he kind of is in some way. Definitely a showman and wants to get in there. And Mom, I've staged this. Does yeah. this look right? Just and that, say, right. I just, whoa, this is like, ooh, trippy. I wonder if I, I mean, I was, Mark, like this He's is. He's Instagramming his room. Yeah, for sure. I, th it just took me back to, the, sorry, I just had a me memory of when I was little and I would play office. You know how most mm, girls sure. played mm. with Barbies? Like, oh, no, I played office. And I so love I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to yeah, that because yeah. it, it, one of the things I was thinking of saying was that you're such a mom. You're a great mom, right? You're, you're very um, nurturing, okay? You're nurturing. And it hit me that... Um, you were nurturing before you were a mom, oh, right? Yeah. Right? You yes. were. Yeah. And so then I started to think, okay, where did that come from? And you were born in Columbia. Is that correct? I was born in Burbank, California, but I... Where does Columbia fit in? Because... So my mom is 100% Colombian. Okay, got it. And so you're first generation. I am, but I did live there. Okay, you did. Yeah. So is there something there in that culture that, where did you get that nurture? Because not everybody's nurturing. Oh, that's and a good and that's, that's a, a big part of your success. And, I'm, and by extension, I'm thinking the person who's listening to this show, because it's business people and entrepreneurs and things like that, like what does it take to be successful at a business? You know, this is a solopreneurship. You know, you work in an office, but it's really your, your own person. And you're not unlike any of the other entrepreneurs, right? right. Is figuring mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. And what I'm really interested in, and in the last couple of months been studying nurturing relationships after someone's already bought something. We right. tend to think, what are all the things I need to do to get the person to buy my stuff? Whatever that is. And we go, thank you very much, cash the check and move on. We don't think about nurturing campaign. We had uh, Christopher Foley come, he's been on the show a few times talking about marketing and he's been the one who's been saying to me, Mark, what we need to nurture. And, and because it's so hard to get a client, how do you think of the lifetime value of that client? 
and which brings me back to nurturing, which brings me back to your success, is that you do that and you have a relationship. So because it's probably not the first home they're going to buy. They're going to buy another one. They're going to do well. They're going to buy another one. They buy another one and they buy another one. I would say that I definitely, that success is the repeat clients and I don't think of them that way. Um, so it's so funny you're saying this because Compass, coming back full circle to Compass, is um, what they designed is they want technology because if we were going to say that technology is the new oil, then I would take what? it. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I, love that Whoa. A re- I love that a real estate agent walked in here and dropped that on us. <laughs> Technology yeah. <laughs> is the new oil. She, you know what? Okay, I, we need it. Keep going. <laughs> but can I, again, to like maybe throw a compliment near you. Um, we've been trying to articulate that. We've been trying to articulate that statement, like con- con- condense it down into technology, the new oil. Because we're just like, technology, it's like it's like the new gold rush. You know, it's like the new, and it's like, no, it's the new, you're right. You're it's exactly It's 100% right. the new oil. But yeah. I want to know what the next oil is. You, yes. Do you know? Yes. Space. Breaking break <laughs> news. Break there we go. Breaking news. It's a hundred percent the human touch. It is. We are. Oh, think because about, it'll it'll flip. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So think about how right now, I would say, real estate and life coaching are like neck and neck. For I mean, everyone's on Instagram. Yeah. Wouldn't you say everybody wants to be some kind of, if you look at Instagram right now and the trend, everyone is giving life advice, right? And there's a ton of people who are helping people find new direction, right? So, I have, I have a social- and that's because that, there's a need for that. People are so- Profoundly dis- disconnected. So disconnected. I mean, they are, so that's one of the things that I'm observing in these marriages. Mm. Like, right, so I'm walking in. This is just so deep, I know, but it's like, and it's like, trust so me. Don't, don't discount <laughs> Don't apologize. It's fine. But, That's but what we it's, do. But, but on top of all of this, so it's like this huge, opt- I mean, I was laughing because um, I had a feeling we might kind of touch on some of this. And I started thinking, you know, I read the book Emotional Intelligence at like 18 because this stuff always fascinated me. But if the human touches the next oil, that's because we're really skewing and, you know, you kind of look at pendulums. People are lost right now in social media. They are just, if you want to have a fun little hack, take a look at your phone, go to the battery setting and look at the usage mm. of your phone. You would just be blown. People are spending eight hours on YouTube and Instagram and all of these things and they're losing life. They're miss- They're behind a screen. Yep. And it's just like they want to connect so badly. And it's like, you know, there's pictures of married couples sitting behind their little screens at night when they go to bed. And it's no bueno. We hand our seven-month-old um, any rectangular object, and she starts to hold it like it's like it's a phone. And we're like, yeah, we're clearly not modeling the best behavior. <laughs> and, and you know that, that kids are – of course, I'm looking into this, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of open – opening up about this we have a our oldest son is kind of more special needs and so we're kind of diving into this world of behavior applied behavioral analysis and you know PRT and all of these things and um, that stands for pivotal response training and basically what we're learning is we're modeling these behaviors for children and it's going to make a huge impact on them so what you know what I mean like they're they're growing up looking at us watching screens 
So, and as I, I'm sorry. I, just, I don't ooh, know the, I don't know the answer to that one because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm uh, at a point where I'm a grandfather. So I, every right. moment that I've got, yeah, you're is just it up. precious, right? Yeah. But my, what's my best relationship with him? We're both on a screen. Yeah, yeah, it's FaceTime, yeah. right? We're both doing oh. that. He he knows me as much by that as, and I feel as I, in this case, I feel mega connected to him. Sure, because I know what he's doing every day. I can talk to him. Well, I do that's but that used for social interaction, right? You're not. I mean, that's better than like being on the phone. But if you were to basically say, "Hey, let's." look at the screen together. Do you know what I mean? You're not doing that. Right. You're going and saying, let's go play outside yeah, or yeah. let's go do all let's this stuff. Let's go walk down the street. But yeah, I mean, I know we've gone to the No, that's bus. fine. I, uh, that's how these, that's how these conversations have. typically go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the yeah. whole, that's the idea so of So the nurturing part from Columbia, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think because I'm just going to say it as it is. My mom is like a businesswoman. Mm. Not she, the nurturer. Not at all. It was 100% my dad who never missed a game, never did. My mom was doing, I mean, she was closing deals. And so I don't know where that came from. Hmm. I would say my, my dad, but the the nurturing thing is kind of, um, I've always written thank you cards. I'm falling behind on some of the stuff I used to do because of, I'm just going to blame my children. But um, <laughs> That's okay. They'll blame you later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> bingo. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel they're, really good about that they, one. They are to- that, was, that is that's a perfect. nice drop. That's nice a good drop. singer. Yeah. yeah, I feel nice good about drop. that. Yeah. Calvin's gonna be like, "It's your fault." I'm gonna use that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, is it? Um, uh, we can edit this out if we need to. But sure. your son, your your son is on the spectrum. When you say Correct. special needs, he's on the spectrum. Correct. And we've had a we had a great show here with Tim Goldstein. Uh, okay. Neuro, who, neurotypical versus uh, neurodiverse. I think I started to listen to that, and then he's got great. someone got. And inter- he's yeah. like one of the leading. He's. I've helped coach him into being the leading guy in the country on how do we integrate neurodiversity into the workplace. Oh, God, Mark, that just almost made me tear up. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's, because that's you know, 40% of Intel's uh, workforce is neurodiverse, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so- Usually unidentified neurodiverse. Like, yeah, right. yeah. Like they the, don't know. That's right, right. Undiagnosed, yep. Right. right. Well, well. see, I even, I even argue against diagnose. Like the word diagnose leads to a conversation of disorder, which mm. is not, which is not, when you've got 40%, yeah, right. You're not There's a not, disorder. You're, you're the order. You're a, yeah. You're <laughs> yeah. a com, you're a community, and yeah. you, right. you can't label an entire community disordered. You can't label an entire community dysfunctional. Um, they are just differently functionable, right? right? Like right. right? I, right. I, I, mean, I, I Hence feel the word like, diverse. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm fascinated by exactly what you're saying about your son. Is that you know the, these ideas of of it, I I remember a time very recently in my experience when that would have been like oh. You're not going to cope well with this. Fine. We're just going to opt you out of the workforce, opt you out of a career, opt you out of relationships, opt you out of like essentially what we would consider a full and vibrant life. Right. But if parents are looking at it saying like, yeah, not good enough. Yeah, not good not enough. Not good enough. My not kid doesn't all. get opted out of that. We're going right. to find ways right. to to right. Uh, make make his style work. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it, Mark, that was probably one of the biggest life-changing moments of my life was I was delivering Calvin and we literally got the phone call that from the doctor your son is on the spectrum and the emotion at that point it was so bitter I'll never forget it it's like one of those okay first thing I got to do get strong Mm. I'm not strong 
And so, you know, I dove in and, and started the whole CrossFit thing and, wow. and was like reaching out. I'm like, I'm going to need a community. I'm going to need people that if something happens to this kid, they've got my back. Like I just started strategically planning mm. like how to create the safest environment, which it brought me back to Finding Nemo. Like you can't always, you know, the dad that was overprotective, like you can't stop him from doing everything. But um, I just... That was my first gut instinct. Like, okay, I am not, I'm not emotionally strong. I'm not physically strong to do this. How do we do this as a family? And we just started running with it. And that blew open some doors of a past person that I'd forgotten who I was and then mm. opened the doors to some new stuff. And I'm so grateful for it. I just, I don't, I mean, he is verbal, high functioning, been in total typical neuro classes. I 100% credit my husband for being on top of all the health insurance craziness. Mm. So by the way, we're doing this and all this crazy health insurance stuff is going on. Mm. So every year we have to apply for new health insurance, et cetera, et cetera. But it's been an incredible experience. It's totally changed my, my entire perspective on life and just really made me filled with gratitude. I mean, mm. that's the other thing is I'm so grateful for the job that I have. It allowed me to be there for every single thing and had clients that could work with me. I mean, it was just, it was an amazing experience. So I want to drive down that a little bit. We had um, another, we had a conversation long ago with a guy named Noah Ben Shia, okay. who's a poet, philosopher, uh, author. And he had, there was one sentence and you can go listener, you can go find the show in the back catalog. He said, if you think there's a difference between your nine to five life and your five to nine life, Ooh. you're completely mistaken. So here you said you're 24 seven on the job as a realtor, as a, as a, um, an agent, not even an agent, as an advocate for these couples. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that. For right? people, families. For, pe for yeah. families, for people. Right? Or anyone. And you're the mom that you need to be around to be the mom. Right. And to be the wife. Right. Right. And a, and a business person, because there's the, probably the, we haven't even talked about the business of your business, right? There's the, there's the front stage. You're in front of the stage. I'm with them. We're going to look at houses. We're doing all that. Then there's the backstage stuff, just the business of run, because you run your own business, yes. even though you're in an agency. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Is that true with all agents? Um, some people create teams and um, those are amazing situations. And I think it, it takes a lot of chemistry to create the right team. Mm -hmm. Anytime I've gone to do that, it's been interesting. Like a health issue will hop, uh, come up for one of my assistants or something and they'll have to exit. Um, so I think the team setting has been really integral. What Compass did for me was they basically said, okay, we need to create the best amount of support. And so they designed a team for me. So I have on the back end, um, someone who handles all my files that they like, I just, here you go. And I collect it signatures. Magically yeah. happens. And then, um, I have got Lindsay and Nathanis and they are amazing. Their, their job is to basically make me look good. I'd never promoted myself prior to this. They're your stylists. Yeah, they're my stylists. Like Lynn, um, Glam Squad. Gl Glam Squad. Um, Lindsay comes with me on all my lifestyle photo shoots. And that's the other thing is Compass took the initiative. Li they're called lifestyle yeah, photo yeah. shoots? They, they were like, well, when you think about it. <laughs> I, I keep thinking she's joking. No, I'm, no, she's I'm not. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. playing along they, with they, me. Yeah. They 
they decided like, well, if your real estate agent is really a representative of your personality, how would you know who they are without diving into who they are? Right. So everybody has these frozen poses. <laughs> right. The this real is the first time pose. I've ever worn this suit. This yes. is my. Yeah. Uh, yes. I right. combed my the, mustache today. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I flipped my hair. Yeah. The hair got combed all the way over. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, they said, well, you know, it's like you do CrossFit. Maybe athletes want to connect with you. Okay. Let's take some pictures of you. Because you have a Cross- shared, shared language and you understand how to communicate to them and what motivates them. It's about relationships. Okay, I heard it. I messed this up. You didn't Sorry. break it. Okay, you I can't didn't break so it. So the <laughs> picture that I know of you as a realtor, and I looked at it and I went, oh, interesting choice. You on the beach. So there's me on the beach with the surfboard, and nobody right. believes that I can surf, but I can surf. And I Why used to do- Why does nobody believe that? Of course you can. Um, but the California problem is- California girl lives walking distance <laughs> to the beach. Come Mom. on. Mom, <laughs> Mom surf. But I yeah, had to- So here's the interesting thing. I gave it up because I had a- total traumatic situation where I got caught out really far out. Mm. Yeah, that um, scary. Yeah. And I wore contacts and my contacts popped out. Oh, no. Both? Both of them <sighs> wow, had, wow. and I had to give someone an idea. My prescription was like minus 4.5. That seems bad. Uh, yeah, I could, yeah. I can't, couldn't see. So one of the things couldn't I- Couldn't find the shore. Couldn't even, was panicked, couldn't Whoa. figure out where I was. Um, I'm pretty sure the guy I was dating with at that time had already paddled in, and we all know what happened at, at the end of that date. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the disclaimer for being Colombian is I'm very nice until you cross the line. Oh. <laughs> and that's the pitbull side of me in, in real estate where it's all business. Like, we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the, um, yeah, so I got LASIK this year about three months ago so I could get back on the board. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. So now um, it's been about over 10 years or so, more than 10, maybe 15, but um, that's going to be on the summer's agenda is to jump back on the board. Wow. Nice. Yeah, do you yeah. go take the boys out? Yes. That's the whole point uh, is right. I don't do anything. Right. Like in other words, like I'm going to try and get, do some martial arts under my belt so that I could get. Are you coming to the dojo? I'd like to do that just so that I could get um, Ozzy or Calvin. They they need to get a little bit more exposed to that. So I have been watching my nephew and niece and several other kind of that 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 seven eight year yep. old little year ninja. Old. That's exactly what little you know ninja. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 just watching them go I, for whatever reason. And this goes back to like, my de- my brother is is exactly like this of of like um, though they clearly respect me. They clearly listen to me and do what I need them to do. But I've never seen like they're you know the the guy on the mat just this has a different language with them and they are able to do things that I would not have predicted they could do. Right. Sequences and orders of things and, and you know, speeches and, and knowing what they needed to say and, you know, and being just responsive to the respect part where he's like, right. I've, it's the greatest thing we've ever done for them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, yep. it's stuff that you, they need to know and learn. And, and what I like to do is I like to get in there with them mm. so that I'm speaking the same language. Yeah. I'm one of those people where I have to like get in there and it's like, I'm, I don't want to be the mom that's like, oh, you go surf, and then I sit on the sand. You're I'm high like, touch. We've already established that. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about you're, that. You're high touch. We've yeah. got, I've been Thank keeping you. track. I've been writing notes. <laughs> uh, I like how you highlight, by I, the way. Because <laughs> well, I'll forget. Um, uh, one thing I did want to mention um, that uh, thank you officially for last year being the user experience person at TEDx Santa Barbara. That was really awesome. And and now I know why you were exactly the right person for that. Thank you. And it was you had volunteered 
so that made you partly the right person because <laughs> you volu- says, I'll do that job. But, um, but now I, I get why you did so much and why you cared so much about it. So thank you. That yeah, was, it was really important to me. My favorite photograph, the evidence of that care and feeding of our audience was um, <clears throat> helping secure the bag that we put all the stuff in, but then taking all of the bags stuffing them and then putting them on every single seat all in exactly the right order and there's one (laughs) photograph from behind the stage where you're looking through the TEDx letters out at the empty uh, auditorium and it was spectacular so thank you for that you're welcome that was such I I mean I could make that my full-time job and that's what kind of in some way scared me was like I could just it's like so much this. fun, right? Yeah, yeah so yeah. and so much. And so, you know, I'm always there in the background. I just had to, we're in a critical stage right now with the boys. And yeah. I wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there so, we go. So um, let's move over to recent events, current events. Yeah. Now, knowing that the show gets listened to in the future, right? So we're, we're not, uh, <clears throat> we don't tag to events or specific things, but something really dramatic happened in Santa Barbara over the winter, which was we had a month-long fire, which then we had our rains and we had a 200-year rain event, which hit in 45 minutes, unleashed 200 years worth of rain, it felt like, which created this massive mudslide, which destroyed hundreds of homes, displaced hundreds of families. Uh, it will take us years to recover from that. Our, our listener, just Google mudslide in Montecito and you can see all of that. Yeah. So I'm, and, and it's affecting, it's affecting the entire community and small businesses and all of that. But because of the, the home part of that, right. how, how has that impacted you? Oh gosh. I just, that is what it's, I don't know, spiritually in every facet. So, um, my understanding, and I, you know, these are stats, unconfirmed stats. I think there's about 400 homes that were affected in some way or another. Yep. I think there were 100 that were destroyed yeah. and 22 lives. Yeah. Uh, 22 yes. or 23 lives. Yeah. Um, and two unaccounted for bodies still to yep. be found. Um, they are still digging. So what has happened is um, we had these, f- real estate wise, what's going on is one, you've got insurance. And there was a, I, unfortunately, I was not able to attend this and I really wanted to. Um, there was something going on at the Granada that went over the insurance policy. So you've got. Uh, because a lot of people were arguing that, that the mud wasn't related to fire. And so people right. didn't have mud insurance. They right. had fire insurance. Right? right. And of all people to have, I don't know how this happened, but Donald Trump had signed into a thing that said um, any mudslides prior to this, the fire insurance has to cover them. There's a, a little certificate that some uh, people had dug up on what was going to be covered under insurance huh. claims. Um, it's on my Facebook page. A, another agent had dug dug it up. But long story short, the um, that was they're supposed to be covered because the f- mudslides happened due to the fact of right. the fires. Right. And so, but the, that's not what I'm getting to. I think the bigger thing is the um, the flood maps. Hmm. That so. Flood insurance, to my understanding, and since you guys know a lot of insurance agencies, <laughs> is only granted by FEMA, I think, mm. or through the government. So now you through the government. Yeah, through. So now we have an entire section 
of homes that are going to be put onto these flood maps that are now going to be put under some kind of review. I don't know if it'll be coastal. Basically, rebuilding Montecito won't, won't have happen. been for about three years. Right. I'm not saying that that's bad because I think that Montecito is going to be the Stronger. most amazing place to live. Um, it's just, it it's holding up the show. And so... I think what you're going to see is there's a huge lack of inventory. People are still going to want to live here. Because um, the rest of their life is here. Yeah. Like the house right, was there, right. but like it's these, these, right. they, these weren't isolated. They didn't just have the house. They this moved was, here for the weather. They right. stay for the community. Right. That's what I've, we've heard over and over again. And the community that, that came out through this was unbelievable. I mean, the support. There's a woman that I'd really like to acknowledge. Her name's Ann Burgard. She has is a female construction worker. She's been out there since January, I, just donating all of her time digging out people's stuff. She mm-hmm. just sent me a message that she found someone's wedding rings. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And the, the picture, I mean, she has been a living saint. She's just, um, there's another real estate agent named Josiah Hamilton who has headed up with um, Abe, I think, I forget his last name, who's running the Bucket Brigade. Mm. Um, they still need help. I mean, they still need help, but they're still digging. They're still digging. That's the craziest part. It is April what? Sometime in April, and we're still digging out mud. So um, what I saw immediately is we've already had a boom in the real estate market. Mm. Um, a little boomlet. A boomlet in that a lot of people are like, well, if I'm going to pay ten grand for renting, I could pay seven grand and own a home. Mm-hmm. Let's just buy a $2 million home. So the one and a half to two and a half million market went. Disa- well, it disappeared, right? Like it yeah. got evaporated. I mean, yeah. it was just gone. I, I still had, I have a listing over on Bass Street and I had people from Mudslide people that wanted to pay cash. It's just, it's unbelievable. So then you've got this mini boom going on. Then you've got people who aren't going to sell because they know that their land is going to be worth something. Well, I was going to say, mm. so like, so like you move into, you, so these, these houses have sold. Um, of course it's going to sell because they know in three years when they get to move back into their house in Montecito, they can turn right back around and sell it for the same price or more. You know what I mean? Like there's Or no keep it in their portfolio, right, right, which is yeah. right, which is what they're, they're like, oh, well, real estate can't go bad. But it, right, it can't go bad. There's no expiration date. Unless you get mapped out. Unless you get mapped out. Well, but even then, right. is there... So you're talking about Montecito. He's talking about <clears throat> down, like buying homes downtown in Santa Barbara. Well, yeah. but the mapped out is terrifying. Yeah, if, you're, yeah. if you get weird. mapped out, so then it's because it's... What a, what a term. The government can do that. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if that's a term. I just thought... I like it, mapped out. You got mapped yeah. out. Uh, well, we're mapped out. We live we live on the westernmost border of uh, the lower village, Montecito, and we are in no danger <coughs> when, our, when there's... Because we're still in, we still evacuate, right? When there's, I know. we still evacuate. We've turned into that family too. Where right. We're like if, if there's a call for evacuation, we don't, we don't have, we've got a seven month old. Right. We, we don't yeah, gamble. Yeah, you do not. We don't hesitate. gamble. Yeah, 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 don't gamble. But no. with us, it's, we're right within that. We're right on the edge. And the reason that we're on the edge is because we're the choke point for traffic. I know. Right. Yeah. So they can, oh. they can put one barricade up and block all the access from the west to Montecito. And I'm one street away from that. It was like, really? (laughs) Really? You know, and it's so it's- If you want to live on the edge of the world, that's what it's going to cost you. And and I think this is going to be the reality for three to five years. And when you think about when they close that, all of the businesses in the lower village, all of the businesses in the upper village, all of the service workers, all of, I mean, there's a 
whole economy and an ecosystem. And what's what's interesting is we watch natural disasters on the news. I'm thinking of Houston. I'm thinking of Florida, the hurricanes. Mm-hmm. You think of all of that. And then it's when it's not in the news cycle, uh, you're like, huh, Yeah. okay, now what? Yet we're all living it. And in Santa Barbara, we're all living that. And it's and I feel like it was just this huge dose of reality that hit us. You know, like this can happen. It doesn't matter how affluent or, or privileged or any of that stuff. That's it's a like, huge point, Mark, that people think, oh, they're okay. They live in Montecito. There was a lot of that, yeah. yeah. It's not okay. I mean, they're not, I mean, there are people, we have average Joe workers. And I mean, the, right. I don't know how to put this, like say it correctly, but basically think about that one family who got wiped out with their kids. I right. mean, right. They, I mean, it's just like, this is really, really hard. So uh, it's, it's going to make an impact. I think the long term of it is that it's going to be, um, Montecito is coming out way stronger. People are uniting and trying to. I know my yeah. neighbors now. Yes. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice. Well, all the gas was off for yeah. 10 days. And uh, someone said, gas man's back. <laughs> and I, you know, someone texted me on the street, gas man's back. And I went out and we're all standing on the street and there were six gas trucks turning all the mm-hmm. gas on and we're all talking to one another. And, and when was the first time you ever talked to them? You don't. Yeah. No. You again, know, going back you full don't talk cycle, to neighbors, right? right? I love that part You're of that the, story yeah. is the screen that was involved in getting you outside. <laughs> yeah. well, I was looking at my screen. <laughs> yes. And I knew to go outside. <laughs> we do live in Star Trek. It's, it's just happened. We do. It's yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. It, Ms. Berger, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Do you Mark. know that we are at the end of our journey? No, that went so fast. That's yeah, what we just did. Thank you. Time travel. Boom. No. Thank yeah. you so much. So, if someone wanted to consider taking, like, being doing what you do, like being a realtor, mm-hmm. what are the three things that they should do? That's a good question. I would say you got to know that you're going to be investing all your time in it. Okay. See what I and, and as you said that I was thinking in my head like you can't have another job have this job <laughs> yeah right okay yeah. number I two mean, um, you really need to be a jack of all trades okay. master of none okay. detect and defer so in other words know your contractors know <laughs> all, know, that. all okay. that stuff and number three um, you got to have heart. Gotta have heart. I love it. That's great. Okay. And we didn't even get into the part where it's like, tell us about what's hiding in houses. Oh, secret detect. You know, like, yes, like alarm, na- video cameras. Yeah. I just meant like moments of walking in and going oh. like, uh, oh yeah, this entire subfloor is gone. Hmm. Oh, there's mold. right. There's like, mold. Yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's a clear yeah. sign that they're hiding something. Oh yeah, we could get into that. That's a whole other show. That's a yeah. whole other show. We, uh, Your Honor, I reserve the right to <laughs> call the witness at a future date. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> Uh, and so, Ms. Berger, um, our audience knows that at this point, this exact point in the show, um, I give you the opportunity to put a title, which is like a bow around this conversation, because as you know, how you write the headline for your listing is the yeah. right, same thing with a podcast. What we call this conversation is going to compel people to want to listen to it. I should have remembered to do the homework beforehand. Um, <laughs> um, you know, m- kind of, I think, more than what you think or something, you know, where it's like this is a little bit not all that you think it's going to be about type of thing. Typically we take subjects mm. and then we come up with some kind of unexpected word adjective for the subject. Hmm. 
and my creative mind just went blank. That's what we do. We yeah. put we, we find a way to That's wipe out a creative whole, mind. So, That's the whole point. Yeah. The kind of the, the flip side of real estate. There you go. Helped. See? We knew you'd what get it. What are you talking it? about? You went blank. It's Holy cow. Just so you know, when you're, when you, you the, at the, uh, that's a good reach. You did great. Woo. You got great reach. Got great, great reach, kid. I nice. don't even know where that came from. It, no, that's, that's called channeling. That's what we do here. We yeah. love that part. And I want to also thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. If you're interested in partnering or Patrick, lately I'm getting yeah. calls for people who want to do a podcast. We have all of the tools necessary to do a podcast. Podcasting in the world and in the marketplace right now has exploded uh, into a legitimate component of any portfolio of somebody who's looking to uh, present any kind of part of themselves. If you're an author and you are getting ready to put a book out or you've always wanted to put a book out, having a large following uh, with a podcast that explains who you are. Just as Jen was saying earlier, about um, her, her real estate business and, and having people come talk to her about what it is that makes her a good CrossFitter and that that might create an opportunity for her to link up with other CrossFitters. Whatever your business is out there, you might have a need for a podcast and not even know it. We can help explain you to your customers uh, by coming into this studio and we will develop a podcast for you. And before you know it, you will at least have an outlet for you to speak the things that have been secretly hiding in your head. We call it conversational content. Yes. And you can drop us a note to podcast at 805connect.com and, and we'll be in touch with you. So Patrick, there's one other oh, yeah. thing, which is someone has listened to this part all the way to the end, past the titling, <laughs> and they're thinking, how can I help those kids? Geez, these guys sound like they need help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rate, write, review. Go in there. Go back into your, your podcast app. Uh, take that extra moment as you delete this episode from your queue <laughs> and uh, and rate it. Just uh, find the, the button yeah. that throws stars at it and, and let other people know that this was a worthwhile 45 minutes that you've just spent. And uh, we would appreciate that. Cause, and so will the people who come behind you to listen to this show. And I'd love to hear from you if you have questions or an idea for a guest for an upcoming show. Drop me a line, mark at 805connect.com. Thank you so much. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs> <laughs>